This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 534. Thank you so much for listening. I am one of your hosts, Dave, the rave that all the ladies crave. And you should check us out on Twitter at Marking Out, at BTTG161, at Chris Swindog, at David PTDPT. Also, make sure you listen to all of our previous episodes, MarkingOut.com. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut. Subscribe on YouTube, YouTube.com slash MarkingOut11. Follow us on Instagram at MarkingOut11. Follow me at DavidPTDPT. Also, follow Brandon on Instagram at BTTG161. Buy some t-shirts over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash out, And don't forget, use the code REGARDLESS for an extra 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. Check out Twitch. Everybody's doing the Twitch deal now. Follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash out, And, of course... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, and everywhere else that you choose to listen. But, most important, I am here, alongside, not really alongside, through audio alongside, with Brandon, the BTTG161 man himself, the legend, the Brandon. How are you? I'm doing awesome as always, and yourself? I'm doing uh doing great, you know, living living the dream. How was your week? My week was good. My week was good. You know, I feel like once I hit, I feel like because I've been working so much. Once I hit Tuesday, I feel like it's like I'm already getting closer to Friday. Oh, man. I mean, My... I mean, technically, you are getting closer to Friday, <laughs> but <laughs> but I feel like once I get done with like Monday and Tuesday. Once I hit that Wednesday or Tuesday night, it's like just going downhill, you know, in the best way possible. It's like you're anticipating that 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 peak of Monday, Tuesday, and then everything else is just easy ride to uh, to Friday. I but, think wrestling has like completely screwed up my like thought schedule because yeah. on on Monday I thought it was Sunday, and for some reason took my Tuesday medication. <laughs> And it was like, whoops. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, no, it's like interchangeable, I guess, for the most uh, part. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, you don't want to have moments like that. Yeah, I'm not going to take a double dose of one medication. Yeah, don't double down. Don't do it. Yeah. Not good. So, what about your week? Well, I didn't uh, do much this past week, but my grandmother unfortunately passed away at the age of 97. I'm so Uh, sorry, yeah. I'm definitely, thank you, I'm definitely going to miss going to her house for all the the Jewish holidays and everything, and uh, eating the brisket that she would make, and and the chopped liver, and um, 
I definitely I take solace in knowing that the last conversation I had with her was about Carvel. <laughs> and I, yeah, she loved Carvel. I love Carvel, so I appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's it's nice when you're uh last words and every like last conversation with that person is one that like has has some sort of a meaning towards it, you know? Yeah. So but uh yeah, that's really I have not done much this week. Um but we do have because of I, I'm going to be so busy with all of like going to the funeral and stuff. I don't really have time for AEW and Impact, but I figured it was important enough that I needed to cover some of Rebellion mm-hmm. that happened on Sunday. Uh, and some of those things include a new Impact X Division champion in Josh Alexander. He defeated Ace Austin to pick up the victory uh, and TJP in a triple threat. Also, something huge that I would say huge uh, took place. Eight-man tag, Eric Young. Last week I spoke about how the match that aired last week ended up being the actual match where Eric Young tore his, I think, ACL. Mm -hmm. Um, So he needed to be replaced in that eight-man tag match. Violent by Design pick up the victory with a debuting W. Morrissey. That being the former big cast to take on and defeat Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack. So it's awesome to see big cast W. Morrissey in Impact Wrestling. Not quite sure how he's going to be uh, portrayed in Violent by Design. Mm-hmm. But we shall see what comes of that. Uh, we also have new knockouts tag team champions in Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering, who made her debut last week. They picked up the victory over Fire and Flava. I I still think I, I that yeah, Impact uh-huh. needs way more tag teams and everything. Like they just mm-hmm. split up Havoc and Nevaeh, and I believe Nevaeh is no longer with Impact now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what like where that's going, but I don't know if she's going to another company or what, but I think impact def definitely needs more knockouts, tag teams, more women that compete in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw Finn juice retain the titles against the good brothers. Hopefully they don't go back to Japan. Hopefully we see them on TV weekly now. That and, would be very nice if we got to see them weekly. Yeah, and Deanna, Deanna Peraza retained the championship over Tennille Dashwood, which I think is somewhat unfortunate. But now, like I said, we need more knockouts. We need more opponents for for Deanna Peraza. Mm-hmm. And a major uh, opponent, perhaps, stepping up could be Taylor Wilde, who made her debut officially. Not 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 officially, made her return. Mm-hmm. So I don't Have know if made, we'll see Deanna Prowse Pr- versus Taylor Wilde or not, but Is Deanna Prowse like too good? I don't not I don't know. I don't want to say too good. It's just the division is too small. Ah. 
They literally, they did a match once, and it was like, with the exception of Rosemary, it was every single knockout in the match. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's going to be some open forbidden door to AEW or whatnot. They have a bunch of women not being used. I don't know where Awesome Kong is at right now. I believe she's still signed to to AEW. I would not yeah, mind we, seeing Deanna Perrazzo and Awesome Kong. We haven't seen her in a long time. Yeah, like the last thing that we, I believe, heard from Awesome Kong, she was gone to film Glow. Glow. And then Glow got canceled, and we haven't seen her since, hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But the, the main event of Rebellion saw a winner-takes-all match for the Impact World Championship and the AEW Championship. Kenny Omega officially becoming the Impact Champion, retaining the AEW Championship, defeating Rich Swan. Uh, so Kenny Omega technically has the TNA Championship as well because they they unified it, but they've been going, they've been carrying that those two championships around. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, I don't, I don't know if I like, I definitely don't think I like that. Why not? What don't you like about it? Well, I just, I don't know if I could take, so Kenny Omega has been the triple A mega champion for almost two years now. And there's barely any defenses there. And I don't feel like triple A even cares about the title. And it's, I mm-hmm. believe, their main championship. But it's like, I don't know how often... Kenny did say he'll be on Impact every single week. I'll give him credit for that, but I, I don't know how long I could take this same sort of gimmick over and over again. Yeah. I mean, on Dynamite, there's this, the, the they had the celebration. Mm-hmm. The prior episode, this wasn't even mentioned. So I don't know how people could think or even try to say that this was a huge win when AEW themselves barely touted that. Hmm. It was big for for Impact. They brought in an AEW wrestler. They brought in Mauro Ronaldo to call the match. And now it's just like, Kenny Omega joins the ranks of Kurt Angle. He joins Sting, Samoa Joe, Mick Foley, AJ Styles, yeah. Rob Van Dam, all those guys. Just falls to the wayside. Yeah, it's like there's not, like, I don't think, so far, I don't think this is, like, as big as people are trying to paint it as. I mean, I think it's really awesome and everything, but I don't know. There's something that just hasn't really brought me into it at all i don't know i may just be over kenny omega period i think it would have been a lot cooler had rich swan won the aw championship give us something that we didn't expect Mm -hmm. everybody went into this match like 99 percent knowing kenny omega's walking out as champion yeah i want more follow-up and i don't know who so i don't know if moose is going to end up challenging kenny omega I don't know. I don't know who's going to dethrone Kenny Omega as the the Impact Champion. Mm-hmm. Perhaps we'll get some sort of like super hardcore match between Kenny Omega and Sammy Callahan for it. 
Sammy Callahan's a former champion. Don't necessarily see that, but anything's possible at this point. Yeah. You never know. Uh, But moving away from AEW and Impact Wrestling, going to move over to WWE. Yeah, and talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which opens with Braun Strowman confronting Drew McIntyre backstage right before they were supposed to have a tag team match. And Braun Strowman was pissed at Drew McIntyre because Drew McIntyre didn't thank him for his help last week. Drew wanted a handicap match. He did not want a tag team match. Braun then went out to prove that he could do it himself. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do this by myself. Braun Strowman picks up the victory over Mason T-Bar via disqualification because they kept stomping him in the corner. Ref calls for the bell. Drew McIntyre makes a save. When that happened, I was disappointed because I knew what was to follow. Yeah. (laughs) Which ends up being... A tag team match where Mace and T-Bar pick up the victory over Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre via countout. McIntyre accidentally clotheslines Braun Strowman when he's running a, a train around the ring. Wins via countout. Yeah. Braun Strowman then hits Drew McIntyre with the power slam. I thought it was a terrible first 20, 20 minute segment. SmackDown last week was such a breath of fresh air. 45 or so minutes of Cesaro and all of them. And then Monday, this. Yeah, I I don't understand. This entire Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre stuff, I don't care for. And we had Drew McIntyre tell Adam Pearce that he wants a match with Braun Strowman. Adam Pearce set that up for later on. And then we also saw Braun Strowman bring up how he should be facing Bobby Lashley. And when he defeats Drew McIntyre in the main event of Monday Night Raw, he should be added to the championship match at WrestleMania Backlash. So Pierce took all that into consideration. That's set for the main event. After that segment, we had Miz TV with Elias and Jackson Riker, where it's somewhat... I I don't even know if I could say started to get better because I know a lot of people hated this. Um, they mm-hmm. spoke about Bad Bunny's tour selling out, and then they switched gears and perform Hey Hey Hop Hop Unplugged. The lights go out, Damien Priest shows up, followed by New Day. Xavier Woods brings a guitar case, or a bass case, I guess, perhaps, filled with tomatoes, and they threw them at the three of them, or the four of them. Didn't have to, I don't know. I feel like I didn't want to see anything like this. I definitely don't think that needed to happen at all, no. No, it's, I don't know what, this Monday Night Raw sucked. Mm-hmm. Big time. There was, I think, one saving grace? And it definitely wasn't. Uh, one and a half saving graces, perhaps? <laughs> yeah, well, the saving but grace was that... definitely not the revocation of the suspension. No, but that even we didn't even say before that though the the match 
itself. New Day and Damian Priest pick up the victory over Elias, Jackson, Riker, and Miz. But the match itself, I thought, wasn't even spectacular. No. I thought, sure, we had a clever spot, perhaps. John Morrison rubbed the tomato in Kofi's face behind the referee's back. And I liked the running, sliding forearm that Elias did to Kofi Kingston. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate... The, the triple team Russian leg sweep drop kick that New Day did with Damian Priest. Yeah, that was At the end cool. of the match, we get an inside cradle to, to, to win. Xavier Woods hits the inside cradle. Mm-hmm. I understand that it doesn't always have to end with a finisher or a signature move, but there are just so many of those small package, inside cradle, pins out of nowhere, schoolboy roll-ups that just take place. Yeah. It's, but it's after just that, pointless, but we did see yeah, Sonya like, Deville show up and let Charlotte flare into the building. They go to the ring. Uh, Eddie Arango's in the ring as well. She apologized for what she did last week. And then she wanted Sonya reinstates her. And then Charlotte thinks that she's owed an apology because he ended up at one point saying it was his fault that he didn't see Rhea Ripley there. So he ends up apologizing. And then we see Adam Pierce yell at Sonya Deville, kind of, for going behind his back. Yeah. I don't think we needed that yeah. segment either. I agree. This was another segment that was awful. And I hate that they went back on this suspension. Like, I... I mean, I understand I it. Really, I don't, I don't. I don't dislike that portion of it. It's just as know. a whole, I feel like they're trying to. I don't want to say they're trying to maybe recreate Attitude Era esque booking. What makes you say that? Well, because when you watch an episode of of Monday Night Raw from the Attitude Era, we would see perhaps like an opening, middle, and close with the same people. Okay. Yeah. So it's somewhat similar to that, but. It's just not being executed for Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, there there was a, a news article came out today that Jason Jordan is taking over for John Laurinaitis as lead producer. So, I don't know. Jeez. Maybe things are going to be changing with that. That's huge. And Johnny's going over to take the fill the the spot for Mark. What Mark Carano had, since he was let go, it could be. So I mean, maybe seems like Johnny there's, Ace is well liked, but maybe there's like something because Jason Jordan's going to be in that head producer role now. Maybe we'll get some sort of like oomph added to Monday Night Raw. I wonder why they're doing that though. Is Jason Jordan like done? Like, did he have an injury that he can't wrestle yeah, again? Yeah, he, he was injured. He can't, so far, as of right now, he wasn't, he's not clear to wrestle. From what, a neck injury? I believe so. There has to, I can't, because, like, usually if somebody's placed in a role like that, it's for a prolonged period of time and not an active wrestler. So I could only assume that, Whatever is sidelined. Well, no, him? I mean TJ is in a similar position. Tyson Kidd is in a similar position. Yeah, but he's retired. Well, Jason Jordan had a 
a, a bad neck. I don't so, know if it was a broken neck or whatnot, but it was definitely for the neck. So then it's safe to say that Jason Jordan is most likely retired for now. Unfortunately. Pretty much, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, unfortunately. We, I mean, he's been working as a producer, I'd say, since maybe, what, 2000, 2018? Jason 2019? Jordan? 2019, maybe? TJ or Jordan? No, uh, Jason Jordan. I think maybe 2019. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Well, good for him. So... Hopefully things will change on Monday Night Raw. After this was something that I did actually like. We had Sheamus issue another non-title open challenge. And Umberto Carrillo came out. And Sheamus cheap shotted him. Beats him down. But he gets the upper hand. Carrillo gets the upper hand. And if this leads to Umberto Carrillo maybe being the US champion. I am like fully on board. I think, I've said this for a long time now, he is one of the best in WWE. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much on the mic, but in ring-wise, he is one of the best. After this, we saw Bobby I... Lashley and MVP. Uh, they basically spoke about the main event and WrestleMania Backlash, which I thought could have been done on commentary. During mm-hmm. the main event. Yeah, it didn't have to be done this manner. This this was advertised. Like, one of the main things that were advertised for Monday Night Raw was this. And it was like two minutes and done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the best part of Monday Night Raw, though, we saw um, RK Bro. RK yeah, Bro team. picks up the victory over Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Um, I thought we were going to maybe see another match between Matt Riddle and Randy Orton based on the beginning mm-hmm. of a backstage promo that had happened earlier in the night. But Randy Orton was like, I got us a tag team match. And I popped because I am fully on board with RK Bro. I'm a, and, I'm a fan of it because, you know, it's Randy Orton... Randy Orton, I don't think, gets enough credit. You know, it's Randy Orton, once again, uplifting one of the younger talents. Obviously, you don't trust Randy Orton here, though. <laughs> like, I don't trust him storyline-wise. Oh, storyline-wise. To not turn no. on Riddle. Of course, definitely do not trust Randy Orton. He's he's the Viper. But we got that huge RKO out of nowhere up to Cedric Alexander. And then while Randy Orton had Shelton Benjamin in that draping uh, DDT, Riddle begs him to be tagged in. Orton hits the DDT, tags Riddle in. He hits his finisher and picks up the victory. And this could be like uh, the beginning of a really fun tag team. AJ Styles and Amos, who haven't been on since WrestleMania, return next week. So maybe they're going to be perhaps challengers for those titles. I think that that's exactly what's going to happen, but I don't know. I, I also, kind of could see them win. I also, uh, I hope, I kind of, I mean, I would want more from AJ Styles and Amos, though, mm-hmm. definitely. 
but I I definitely want RK Bro to be a tag team champion at one point. And mm-hmm. I, I liked in this match that we got two of the class of 2002 OVW against each other, Randy Orton and, and Shelton Benjamin. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't think about that one. You know? Yeah. But next up, you had Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Rhea Ripley pick up the victory over Asuka, Lana, and Naomi. Um, Earlier in the night, we saw match... Angel Garza give uh, Nia Jax flowers, and then she threw them at Mandy Rose. Yeah. So, obviously, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke made their way out. And, you know, you had the distractions again. But... This was this was one of the the this was a match advertised and then we had that six man tag with New Day priests Ms. Jackson Riker and Elias. Mm-hmm. I think this is like super lazy booking. I totally agree with you. I think so too. And, and I'm not a fan we of had, it. We had Mandy Rose end up throwing water on Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax oh, slips man. on it. Don't get me started with this. This is awful. Like, I, you know, I've, I just mentioned Randy Orton deserves credit, but Nia Jax deserves so much credit for knowing her worth and still going through with this crap. Because this is exactly what it is. It's crap. The fact that she has to pretend to slip on water and pretend to slip off an apron uh, and all this goofy stuff, all because of a slip that happened on a ramp at WrestleMania that, Nobody's gonna. It's gone past where it's nobody's like talking we, about we it. We maybe wouldn't have remembered it, but now they're drilling it over and over again into our heads. Yeah, it's like, why are we even trying to make that into something? It just the doesn't finish, make sense to me. The finish on this match, I thought, was bizarre too. Rhea Ripley yeah. hits her finisher and tags out. Why would the champion tag out after hitting her finish for Nia Jax to come into the ring, hit a leg drop on Lana, and get the victory? So they the could, only thing obviously, I think like of... backstage wise, it would be like to continue. Yeah, Nia exactly. Shayna versus Lana and Naomi, but why would you have the champion hit her finisher and tag out? I think it's just to continue that Mandy and stuff like that with Nia Jax picking up a victory. After this, we saw Sonya Deville scold Dana Brooke and Mandy for getting involved. And then she picked Mandy Rose as Charlotte's opponent for the evening. Before we get to the actual match, we saw Alexa's playground where she said that she's going to unleash Lily on the WWE next week. And we don't know what that means. I mean, maybe this there's going to be a few pranks that take place. Or do we, like, could we potentially see, like, somebody wrestling as Lily? I don't think so. Is that like a God I hope not sort of situation? or? I wouldn't even say a God I hope not because a part of me loves, I mean, I love Alexa Bliss and what's taking place with her story and character right now and a part of me i would feel i feel like it would end up like crap but 
a part of me also really wants to just see it. You know? I feel like, I mean, I don't know. When I think of, like, thinking of something like that, the only thing that I can think of is that match that did not happen between sister, I believe it was billed as Sister Abigail, not, was it not? And and Finn Balor, the demon? Oh, no. Yeah. And you had Sister Abigail was Brie White just wearing, like, a mm. a wedding veil, I think it was. I mean, the demon had cool paint, but we just never saw the light of that. Yeah. But the the next match was Charlotte picking up the victory over Mandy Rose. Uh, I I think, obviously, it was an obvious victory there. But Charlotte had her feet on the rope. She tried to cheat, which got pointed out by Dana Brooke. Charlotte then yells at Eddie for not... For not giving the three count. And then she almost lost, but like I said, it was a very obvious outcome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. She was on the bump this week, though. She said she doesn't need a championship to be the champion, which I completely understand and I completely agree with. Mm-hmm. It's just like John Cena. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm over it. All of this, you know. I, I don't. I don't want. I want Charlotte Flair back on NXT. But that's just me. So, main event of the evening, you had Braun Strowman pick up the victory over Drew McIntyre. Uh, talk about a way to end Monday Night Raw with a dud. And what's even more you know? bizarre. Prior to mm-hmm. Braun Strowman getting the actual stipulation added, Drew McIntyre is in a match with Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania Backlash, but for some reason he finds himself feuding with Braun Strowman, Mace, and T-Bar. I don't really understand that. Mm-hmm. The match itself, though, I thought they had some cool spots. The overhead belly-to-belly that... Uh, that McIntyre did to Braun, the superplex, of course. Mm-hmm. I think the best part of this match, though, one of the top spots of, of Monday Night Raw for me was Braun Strowman catching the Claymore and hitting that power bomb. Yeah, that was a pretty cool spot where he just caught him and just slammed him down. I think the power bombs, like, I don't know. We don't get enough power bombs now. We get super kicks every day, but we don't get enough <laughs> power bombs. We need more. Bring somebody's got to start bringing back the power bomb every Monday Night Raw. I want to see one at least. Maybe what two. if we do have one power bomb every Monday Night Raw and you just haven't noticed? Oh, fine. Then I need five, just like Super you need Kicks. five. <laughs> um, but we saw MVP and Bobby Lashley end up getting involved. Mason T Bar get involved. Braun Strowman picks up the victory. Braun Strowman then gets added to the triple threat at WrestleMania Backlash. I kind of don't mind that. Um, nah. When's the pay-per-view? May 16th. All right, so we still got a two, three weeks. Something interesting where I feel like it shouldn't even be uh, something that took place. 
according to at WWE Stats on Twitter, in the history of WWE, WCW, and ECW, the only superstar to ever compete in televised singles, tag team, and handicap matches all in the same night was Braun Strowman. Is Braun Strowman. And this was, it's not something that we really needed. Not at all. I feel like it could have been like perhaps cooler had it been somebody like Daniel Bryan. The matches would have been perhaps more meaningful. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe. Yeah. But that was Monday Night Raw moving over to NXT, which kicks off with Mercedes Martinez Defeating Dakota Kai via disqualification. Mercedes Martinez in the match used the cliffhanger, which is a move that AJ Styles used to use years ago. I have no idea why Styles stopped using that move. And I don't know if he, like, innovated that move. It's the outsider's edge into the DDT. Outsider's edge into the DDT. But I don't know. I feel like nobody does that move anymore. And it's a fantastic I, move, so I'm, I was happy to see that for sure. Yeah, I have to look it up. But Dakota Kai ends up distracting the referee so Raquel Gonzalez could take advantage, but Mercedes Martinez gets the upper hand. And then uh, right before uh, Mar- Martinez finished the match, we saw Raquel Gonzalez attack her, causing oh, yeah. a disqualification. She, she totally demolished her. Yeah. You know, threw her into the the barricaded ton and just totally beat her down. We saw a promo from the Grizzled Young Veterans who addressed MSK. So I don't know what to think. Last week I I said, oh, maybe they're going to move on from MSK. But here they are talking about MSK now. But Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher come out and Ciampa ends up attacking Gibson with the boot or his shoe and then goes after James Drake. James Drake escaped. Uh, That was a callback to the British chant with the the shoe gimmick. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I don't get that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that at all. After that, though, we saw one of those promos from Isaiah Swerve Scott, which we did not mention last week. Leon Ruff kind of had a promo uh, talking about Isaiah Swerve Scott. And this time, Swerve challenges Leon Ruff to a false count anywhere match, and that's set up for next week. Yeah. I think they're great promos. Definitely looking forward to that last uh, last match setting, the false count anywhere match. <laughs> After that, we had another promo from Tony Storm, who basically just said that she made Zoe Stark, and she's gonna um, picture her opponent as Zoe Stark when she beats her opponent. And yeah, then, I thought that this was a good promo by her. Yeah, and then the match took place, and Zeta Ramir picks up the victory over Tony Storm. Yeah, she. Storm she ended up ninety nine percent of that match, I'd say. Yeah, but then she ended up getting a little bit uh, distracted. I mean, you know? also cocky. 
That's she was sure. going to hit Storm Zero and then decided that it wasn't enough, so went to go hit Storm Zero from the middle rope. Zoe Stark comes out, causes distraction. Zeta took advantage, hits that shooting star press to pick up the victory, which I was not expecting to see a shooting star press, and I thought it was a fantastic shooting star press. And I have to disagree. You and I... Chris might be the only two. Oh, Chris disagreed too? Yeah. I I thought that it was... I watched that gif over and over again. I thought that it was cringeworthy because... I didn't think she was going to get a fall. I think you're using cringeworthy on... wrong. Oh no, I cringed. I was just like, oh damn. Yeah, I hope she doesn't yeah, break her back. That's not what cringeworthy means in 2021. Well, I cringed. I it was worthy that, of me cringing. In 2021, cringeworthy is like not that. I don't know. I'll have to ask ask one of my coworkers to help me out with this. Uh, new <laughs> I thought you were going to say but... one of your cousins. <laughs> yeah, no, but I I I cringed. I was just like, holy crap is this woman about to injure herself and i thought that she was positioned you brought it up that she was very far away okay yeah she got distance but that is poor positioning she should have positioned her a lot closer to the yeah but she hits tony storm just because she hit it doesn't mean that she hit it pretty she didn't land across her chest right she landed a little closer You know, but I th- I still think it was a fantastic shooting star press. She landed with her chest on, uh, with her shoulders, Head. not even the chest or, or the stomach, because yeah. she was so far away. I didn't. Th- I was not impressed with the shooting star press. I hope that if she does it again, that she does it that she pulls her opponent closer to her to avoid me, n- not cringeworthy, uh, having one of no, those moments. Again, you're using it wrong. Hundred yeah, percent telling you that. I was just 100%. gonna say not, not cringing. I don't want to cringe during any pro wrestling move, and I hope that she prevents me having to cringe again. After that, we saw L.A. Knight basically just uh, hit on Indy Hartwell and then thank her for basically causing a distraction against Dexter Loomis last week. And And then Ever-Rise popped into the frame and asked Mackenzie Mitchell if she has a question for them about Ever-Rise Live, and she's like, no, back to you guys. And I thought that was the funniest thing. I popped big time for that. Yeah. I thought um, that was pretty cool, too. Match after that, we saw Bronson Reed pick up the victory over Austin Theory. So now Bronson Reed will get to challenge Johnny Gargano again for the North American Championship. Yeah, we had a stare down with him and Gargano heading out to the ring. And it it was a good match, but the the distractions at the end, just not enough to help out Gargano get... Uh, maintain himself from keeping away from Bronson in that match. So there was a lot that happened in this. We saw even from the start when the way made their entrance, Indy Hartwell did not want to even pose with them. She was just like moping around to the ringside area, sad throughout the whole match. We see Johnny Gargano <laughs> super kick Bronson Reed behind Sorry, the I, I was, back. I, I, I was laughing at what happens. Yeah, and then uh, Dexter Loomis came out, and Indy tried to avoid him. And Austin Theory, she, that that was, by the way, one of the funniest lines on NXT where exactly. Indy Hartwell this... told Dexter Loomis that he talks too much. Yeah, that's what I was popping over. I thought that was that was hilarious. She's like, shut up. You talk too much. And I, I was, yeah. 
But Austin Theory bumps Dexter Loomis off the apron. Austin Theory, um, not Austin Theory, Dexter Loomis saved Indy Harwell. He pushes her out of the way and he takes the fall. So I think she's going to forgive him. I think so too. I think she's going to forgive him and we have our little uh, romance blooming. Yeah, Bronson Reed, though, was able to knock Johnny Gargano off the apron, hit the clothesline, and then the tsunami to pick up that victory. We that saw tsunami, I, I I agree with you. What was the move that you like? Thick, to call thick it? boom. Yeah, I like that that uh naming a lot better. But that splash is nasty. If I did commentary for a uh, for AW <laughs> for NXT, I would a hundred percent have to yell "thick, thick, boom!" the tsunami or something like that. Do you still do you tweet that? You should tag him every time I every time he hits that move. I I tweet "thick, thick, boom" or try to at and least, you sh- and I don't tag Dude, him. You should tag him. Tag you know, him because uh, one of these days he actually, he's going to see he, it and be like, "Huh?" He actually responded to us on Twitter a few weeks ago. Because Did he, he was say on that's the bump. A great idea? No, no, he was on the bump, and I was like, "Please show us your your wrestling figure collection," because he had wrestling figures behind him on the shelf, mm-hmm. and he actually tweeted us the whole the whole shelf. I thought it was pretty cool. That's cool. You should have. You got to, dude. If you could get his attention, he's going to change the name because of you. Be that yeah. reason, Brandon. Be the reason of change. But we, we ended up seeing Candice LeRae blame the loss on Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon because earlier in the night they were given flowers from Dexter Loomis, which I think would clearly be from Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. Oh, 100%. Just trying to pull one over on Indy Hartwell so she no longer likes Dexter Loomis. That's why she was moping around the ringside area. Um, yeah, and I think the way is great. I totally agree with you. Next, Next up, matchup, you had we saw Im- Imperium, Marcel Bartel, and Fabian Eichner pick up the victory over Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. We saw Drake Maverick at one point go for the tag, but Killian Dane wasn't there, and Maverick, I feel like, thought that Killian Dane dropped out of the match. Mm-hmm. We saw Imperium double-team Drake Maverick in the corner, which I think should have been a disqualification. But Killian Dane came back in, took them out. And then it gets a little interesting here where Alexander Wolf teases using a chair and then doesn't. Against, against Dane. Yeah. Marcel Bartel questions him about it. Maverick takes Bar- Bartel out. Killian Dane then hesitates to put Marcel Bartel down. And then Imperium gets the victory there. Yeah. Well, you also had Wolf blocking the steps from uh, Dane 2. You know, where it where Wolf is kind of like in between, where there was that moment where he was going to throw, I believe, Eichner or Barthel into the steel steps, and Wolf was blocking the steel steps yeah. leading to them getting the advantage on Dane. And I think it would be interesting. What, I mean, everybody's expecting Dane to turn on Maverick. What if 
Maverick turns on Dane. You know, big thing That's, that nobody's talking about. Yeah, about. I think that'd be pretty unexpected. Exactly. I mean, do you think that Wolf is going to leave Imperium? I can't see that. That's the thing. I I mean, but then they even teased it after where on the ramp you see Wolf take a step forward, separating himself from the two of them, and then the both of them step up to be aligned once again. And you see, I always talk about it, and I love it. And uh, Alexander Wolf's facial reactions. Look at his eyes and his face when he steps forward, and then they join him. It's one. It's I don't know. It's a makes you wonder what's going to happen. But yeah, we saw Pete Dunn speak about how he can win any championship in NXT he wants. And then challenged anybody to prove him wrong that he's not the baddest in NXT. The baddest man. Mm -hmm. Will we see Pete Dunne versus Mike Tyson in NXT? (sighs) (laughs) I... I don't think so, but... What like who else is the yeah, baddest so. man in NXT? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Like who would fit that position though? I don't know. The baddest man. The baddest man. I got nobody. Same. I don't know. Earlier in the but. night, though, we saw Cameron Grimes visit a jewelry store looking for a super expensive watch. And then later in the night, we saw him finally pick out the watch. And somebody else shows up, sticks their hand in there, and goes, It's not a million dollar watch. Ha 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 ha. And it was Ted DiBiase. Terrible impression. <laughs> Absolutely I terrible mean- impression. Yeah, and me and you were talking about how we were hoping he was going to show up. Yeah, because Ted DiBiase had said that he thinks he'll be doing something with Cameron Grimes coming up, and then, sure enough, he showed up here. And I believe the last time that we saw Ted DiBiase on NXT was ten and a half years ago. Wow. Goldust was getting married to Oksana. Goldust, I forget how he got it, but he was the the million-dollar champion, or he had the championship with him. Mm-hmm. Ted DiBiase Jr. and Maurice tried to ruin the wedding. Um, I think actually before that, the priest himself or whoever was going to marry them, like <laughs> he like speak now or forever hold your peace sort of thing. Like anybody who has a problem with this, he goes, actually, I have a problem with this and then walks <laughs> off. I, I don't know why that happened. That's awesome. But then they get out Ted DiBiase after that. So it's a pretty crazy segment to go back that uh, ten and a half years ago, and see who's in it. It's like Cody's there, Dusty Rhodes is there, uh, Hornswoggle's in that segment. Like I said, Maurice and Ted Jr. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty, uh, pretty cool. Probably has to be, I would say, maybe the longest time in between a, an appearance on a television program. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't quote me on that, but that's that could possibly be it. Ten and a half years for Ted DiBiase? That's wild. 
Match after that, though, we saw Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon team up, supposed to take on the Robert Stone brand. But the way end up beating them up with the flowers, some fruit, some candy, and cake. Uh, and then Robert Stonebrand just celebrated, I believe, as if they won the championships. I don't know if they're now number one contenders because, I mean, I don't that's, think they are. But they're definitely going to pretend they are. Yeah, that's the celebration that I got from it. It seems like they uh, they are number one contenders. But the way we'll be facing them in a street fight for the titles next week. So that's definitely not, they're not number one contenders. Yeah. Although maybe we'll see Robert Stonebrand get involved in that match. It's very possible. We had a sit down interview with Adam Cole and Adam Cole basically just said that Kyle O'Reilly to him is not a main eventer yet. And as long as he's in NXT, Kyle's not taking his spot. He also berated the interviewer for having it outside in the the Floridian heat, Mm -hmm. which I totally understand. I would not want to be outside like that in April right now. Yeah, you experienced that in Miami, you know? (laughs) Nobody likes it. I mean, that was a little, uh, that was earlier in the, the season, too. Yeah. But, uh, for sure. Kyle O'Reilly was watching the promo, the interview. So no way is that done yet. No, that's still, still there. Still going to happen a little bit more. After that, we had a vignette air for a group, a person, something for the diamond mine. It was an MMA style video. Right off the bat, people are thinking perhaps Tessa Blanchard because she's associated with diamonds. You mentioned you wanted to see Charlotte Flair before. Um, mm-hmm. She always tweets about, uh, or not maybe always, but she tweets with diamond emojis. Why was it this Diamond Dallas Page? Diamond Dallas Page, funnily enough, was, I believe, the manager of the Diamond Mine in WCW with Diamond was Stud, Diamond Vinny Vegas, Scotty Flamingo. What a group. <laughs> Hall now, of Famers. Uh, three of them are WWE Hall of Famers. Raven, I'm sure, will get there someday. He he should be. Yeah, but you know. Hall and Nash, Diamond Dallas Page, the original Diamond Mine. I don't know if this is going to be some sort of MMA-style takeover in NXT. A group, perhaps. We don't know. It could be. But People are throwing out names like, like Parker Bordreau, Rick uh, Rick Steiner's <laughs> son, Bronson. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But next up, you had Legato Del Fantasma. Pick up the victory over MSK and Kushida. Which uh, was dubbed um, MS Kushida. MS for the Kushida. night by Kushida. But Nash Carter at one point gets taken out. Santos Escobar puts Kushida through a table. Worked the absolute heck out of Wesley. And he's eventually able to fend them off. But he tags in Nash Carter. Kushida ends up back in the ring after being completely injured from that table spot. Escobar puts him down with the Phantom Driver. Legato then put Carter down, picks up the victory there, and stands over MSK and Kushida, basically, holding all championships. 
Tag Team Championships, and the Cruiserweight Championship. Hmm. I, hey, maybe they'll uh, reign supreme. You know? Yeah, very possible. NXT was definitely more palatable than uh, Monday Night Raw, though. A hundred percent. A hundred and ten percent. That's for sure. NXT and SmackDown are just, at, at this point, just better shows. Uh, it's hard to disagree that. You know? But we're, uh, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor over at Manscaped. And we'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, you're shaving up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. So essentially, it's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, so that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud, because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my lawnmower 3.0 my camera batteries and my phone all on the same shelf huzzah if you're listening to me speak right now i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself trim that junk of yours and get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code regardless that's one for this uh, read at manscape.com your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Back here on Marking Out, episode 534. Be sure to head over to manscaped.com. Use the code REGARDLESS. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. They have so many products that you can pick up. There's t-shirts. There's boxers. Deodorant. Body wash. Trimmers. You got people trim, right? You gotta trim yourself. Yeah, they got everything. You got a nail kit, a luxury nail kit. Come on, who doesn't want to trim their nails? Yeah. So just uh head over to Manscaped. Regardless, gets you twenty percent off of free shipping. Yeah, get in there. 
Moving over to NXT UK really quickly. Uh, Timon picks up the victory over Rohan Raja. And uh, this ends in ref stoppage. They added in some gimmick noise, or at least I hope it was a gimmick noise and not an actual shoulder break because that was uh, rough. After that, we saw Kaylee Ray and uh, Sid Scala announce a gauntlet match to determine the next challenger for the NXT UK Women's Championship. The challengers in that gauntlet match will be Ginny, Isla Dawn, Zaya Brookside, Danny Luna, and Amelia McKenzie. And I really hope that at some point we'll see Zaya Brookside as champion, but I hope Amelia McKenzie wins this match just to further um, Kaylee Ray's championship reign. After that, we saw Shaw Samuels pick up the victory over Levi Muir. And uh, another match, we saw Mako Satamora pick up the victory over Aoife Valkyrie. Aoife Valkyrie has been undefeated in NXT UK. Um, and she's the one that challenged Mako Satamora. She lost the match. Really good match. And I hope people go out of their way to watch this. Um, I don't know what's next for Aoife, but there was a mutual respect that was there. So that was cool. And then the main event saw Gallus pick up the victory over Symbiosis. Uh, at least I believe that's what it was called. Eddie Dennis, Primate, and T-Bone. Uh, Wolfgang did a really cool move in this. It was like a reverse running senton or something. He might have already done that move. I just don't recall. And uh, I hope it makes it into WW2K22. I just don't think it will. But that was NXT UK. Moving over to SmackDown. It opens up with Bianca Belair. Being interrupted by the Dirty Dogs, who unfortunately had that garbage, garbage, garbage theme song again. But they get cut off by the Street Profits, and then Bailey comes out, laughs. Bianca Belair attacks her. The Street Profits jump in. Uh, Dirty Dogs jump in. And I feel like this didn't really need to happen because they had already told us that a six-person tag was taking place. And the Street Profits and Bianca Belair pick up the victory in that match over the Dirty Dogs and Bayley. Um, I liked Bianca Belair squaring up with Dolph Ziggler. But it sucks that they didn't actually wrestle. We got a little tease a little bit later on, but nothing further than that. Um, Bianca Belair did whip Robert Roode, which led to the end of the match. And I thought the match itself was great. I thought the uh, Montez Ford hit a fantastic springboard frog splash to pick up that victory. After that, we saw Tamina and Natalia pick up the victory over Shayna Baszler and, and Nia Jax. I hope the next women's tag team champions are Natalia and Tamina. Uh, but this match, Natty and Tamina attack Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax backstage beforehand. Um, Tamina picked up the victory. I just hope after the tag team championships are on somebody else, we see Shayna Baszler, how we saw her built up at the Elimination Chamber in 2020. I don't think that's too much to ask for. We also saw another Aleister Black vignette. Again, it was very similar to that of Tian Sha. 
Uh, big fan of those vignettes. Big E picked up the victory over Apollo Crews via disqualification. Apollo Crews retained the Intercontinental Championship. I enjoyed this match so much more than I did at WrestleMania. Right before Big E could pick up the victory, Commander Aziz pulls him out of the ring, attacks him. Kevin Owens makes the save. Apollo Crews stopped that. Then Big E and Kevin Owens overcame it until Sami Zayn took Kevin Owens out. And afterwards, Sami Zayn uh, sort of hesitated with the championship, giving it back to Apollo Crews. He raised his arm to try and show like, hey, I'm, I'm like with you. I'm with you. I'm good. I'm cool. Commander Aziz takes him out with that Nigerian spike. Uh, throughout the whole night, they built up Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. They had guys like Booker T, Shinsuke Nakamura, The Miz, Kofi Kingston. So many more give their predictions about it and just uh, hype up the match. Match itself, Roman Reigns picks up the victory over Daniel Bryan to retain. Roman Reigns has a brand new theme song, which kind of has shades of his other theme song. To me, it sounds like a DVD menu theme or a knockoff theme song that would be used in a video game if they couldn't use the Roman Reigns theme song or a tag team theme song of him and Goldust for some reason. I didn't really like it. Dave, I believe, liked it. But the match itself started off hot. Daniel Bryan trying to hit move after move. Roman Reigns uh, took over for a bit, goes through the, the barricade. We saw... Daniel Bryan reverse a spear with a small package, which I thought was a great spot. And uh, at one point, it totally looked like Roman Reigns tapped out, but the ref didn't call it. My heart sank and the ref didn't call it. But the match, it was just, it felt big. And it was so damn good. It was so fun to watch. Daniel Bryan is now barred from SmackDown. I would really like to see him in NXT. Um, after the match, Roman Reigns grabbed some chairs as if we were going to see a concerto. Cesaro made the save and then we see Jey Uso attack Cesaro and the concerto happened regardless. Next week, we have a throwback edition episode of SmackDown, which I'm not really quite sure what it means because the trailer that they showed was like an 80s graphics and clip theme show but it had the old 1999 logo for smackdown smackdown debuted in 1999 not the 80s so we'll see what happens from that um i saw a bunch of the AEW fans on twitter saying it's because because blood and guts is next week and um wwe needs to pull better ratings than blood and guts which they're already in line to do but the AEW fans also blamed the the dip in dynamite ratings on Joe Biden, so I thought that was funny this week. But that was SmackDown. Hey, Brandon, got any shoutouts? Hi, this is Casey Kasem, and up next on the American Top Forty, Brandon shoutout. The first shoutout goes to Big Shots. You ever hear of it? Probably not, right? Is it the Billy Joel tribute band? Oh my goodness, I thought you were going to get it, but no, big that is that is Big Shot though. <laughs> but this has an S at the end of it. It's a new show on Disney Plus starring John Stamos as a former college basketball coach who is now a coach for a high school girls basketball team. 
he has a uh, temper problem, so that's why he was no longer allowed to coach at the college level. Oh, that's not good. But I enjoy the show. It's, uh, I believe, four episodes out now. Three episodes mm-hmm. out right now. So uh, check it out if you have Disney+. Plus. Plus, John Stamos is super cool. Uh, he is. Next have shout you out. met him? I have not met him. I've seen him live. Um, the first time I he, saw him live, he, I think, might have been 2000... I want to say maybe six. I mm-hmm. saw him on Broadway in Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, interesting. But then other times I saw him with the Beach Boys. I saw... Did, was I there for that? I don't, I don't know if he performed when we, when you and I went to see him. I don't remember, but he's, he's really cool. And I got to see him, man, I swear to God, one of like my highlights of my life (laughs) was at Jones Beach seeing the Beach Boys and Stamos performed forever from that he did on Full House, the Beach Boys song. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's like up there with one of my top like life moments because mm-hmm. I I was such a cool moment. But watch Big Shots on Disney Plus. The next shout out goes to WWE Twenty Four. Miz, I always say how good the Twenty Four documentaries are, but the Miz man, you want to talk about underrated. Miz is one of those guys who are, I think, completely one of those underrated talents. I I agree with you. I think he's a Hall of Famer without a doubt. Absolutely. And it was cool on this episode. You got to see. I can't remember his name. I believe he was the either the creator or producer of the Real World. They interviewed him, John Murray or something. That could oh, be completely yeah. I, incorrect. I've never seen his name on the episodes. Yeah. And, I mean, he's done a bunch of stuff, I believe, since then and before that. But it was cool that they interviewed him. They interviewed John Morrison, Dolph Ziggler. They interviewed Zack Ryder. Former WWE superstar Zack Ryder. Was, that was cool. I was not really expecting that, but it was definitely appreciated to see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, overall, yeah, just uh, check out WW24 on The Miz. And the last shout-out goes to Owen Hart Memorial Month. Wow. I do this every year, and I have done this since Owen Hart passed away in 1999. Can't believe it's already here. Yeah, man. And he would have been 56 this year. Ah, jeez. But... If you tweet about wrestling this uh, this month, May, I urge you to use hashtag Owen Hart Memorial Month in your tweets. Tweet us your favorite moments, your matches, your favorite, uh, your dream matches that you would have liked to have seen. And hopefully just one day we will finally eventually get to see Owen Hart in the WWE Hall of Fame or a video game or something. Yeah, some something. Maybe um, an action figure soon. Yeah. Perhaps a Super 7 one. I don't know. That'd be cool. We can only hope. Yeah, but those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Ow! Wow. 
mark out moment of the week. <sighs> we said this last week when it was my shout out that we'd probably be bringing up WWE's hidden treasures a lot. Yeah. Sure enough, how the heck could you not mark out for this past episode? I know I did. Undertaker pulls out that Phantom Mask, puts it on, and even more than that, pulls out the original purple gear and puts it on. Yeah, I wanted to text you about it. That was you don't watch it live. But, like, seeing Undertaker, 2021 Undertaker put on gear like that, man, was just absolutely, like, mind-blowing. Yeah. No, I thought that was awesome, and having Kane on there was really cool. Putting on Um, one of his original masks as well. And doing the pyro pyro taunt was cool. Yeah, that original gear. Yeah, the was, the, uh, the Unibomb gear. Yeah, that was really cool, seeing that that original gear. And it was just, it was really cool. Um, what was, oh, Paul, the Paul Bear urn. The, the uh, what was it, the heel turn urn. Yeah. You know, and that was so cool because, like they may mention, how that combined, that was a pitiful little part for Undertaker's career, Mankind's career. Did you say Kane's, pitiful? Huh? What word did you say there? I don't remember. We'll have to rewind. <laughs> but and then uh, Kane's career. Um, I mean, it was also pivotal. Pivotal. Oh, pivotal. Yeah. Pivotal. That makes sense. Um, it was also pivotal with somebody that they didn't mention. Paul Bearer's career too. Well, I. You know? I mean, I don't know about that. I feel like they put Paul over a lot, like in that episode. Oh, they d- they definitely did. But they said it was. I mean, they did say I think three wrestlers' careers. But Paul Bearer, this was pivotal too because he. It was his the first time he's ever turned away from the Undertaker. Yeah, and just that earn the significance of it. That's really cool. Yeah, and they ended up, they gave him a a Paul Bearer suit and uh, one of the final run urns that Paul Bearer would have used in exchange for that urn. Definitely a good deal, you know? And it's just, it's fun to see the wrestlers interact outside. Like, yeah. In in that sort of situation. And it was something I did not mention last week. I don't believe I mentioned it. The way that they're talking about it, it seems like the end of this season or whatever is going to like lead to an announcement of an actual physical hall of fame. It really seems like that's going to be happening. We, we heard rumblings about it. Maybe what? Seven years ago, more than that, perhaps in like the Orlando area. That would be really cool if they did something like that, but like how does it how does it not end up doing that? Uh-huh. Like they're getting all these these items and stuff. Yeah. It just seems like that's where it's Undertaker even said something on this week's episode that sounded like, "Well, yeah, we're definitely going to get some sort of like physical Hall of Fame out of it." I don't know why I did a voice like that when I wasn't quoting anyone. <laughs> I don't know. But I, for me, mark out wise, I same thing with this. I marked out for the Piper. Oh, I marked, I marked out for that Piper doc. You know, just 
hearing Mr. T talk about it. And I, I mean, I didn't even realize how impactful everything with that Cindy Lauper segment really was. Like when he talks about how very similar a segment on at Nassau Coliseum with, with Roddy Piper, Cindy Lauper and Wendy Richter and Heath Slater. Yeah, and just uh, the impact of him kicking Lopper. Yeah. I I thought that that was really cool, really fascinating. Um, yeah, that's that was my my markout moment was with uh, with everything with Piper. Also, uh, one unrelated to WWE. This week, Ringside Collectibles announced a an AEW exclusive set, which I popped for big time, because it's the Jurassic Express with uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, where some people, and I can understand it, are, are somewhat upset because they already perhaps pre-ordered Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus in series, I think it's five or six, series six perhaps. Ah. It's different gear, though. They're different gear. It's a different uh, head sculpt for Luchasaurus. I'm not sure if it's a different sculpt for Jungle Boy. Oh, so then... then yeah, I they're, think yeah, they're different totally figures. They're different, different enough. Gear. Yeah, they're 100% different yeah. enough. But uh, I, I understand because they perhaps want that set over the other one. This is It looks cool. It opens up, and uh, Luchasaurus... In one version, it has Jungle Boy on his shoulders, and there's a variant version where Jungle Boy has Luchasaurus on his shoulders. <laughs> um, but I think it's a really cool set, and uh, now they just need Marco Stunt. Mm-hmm. It's been like, I mean, they announced they have the the Jungle Jurassic Express. They got Luchasaurus. They got Jungle Boy. Two figures yeah. of them. No no Marco stunt. They gotta do something about that. Yeah. But it was a cool set. Pre order it. Use the code major. Ten <laughs> percent off at Ringside Collectibles. Yeah. Uh but, but that is episode five hundred and thirty four. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, you can follow us collectively at Marking Out. BTTG161 on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Sweendog at David PTDPT. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash marking out. Subscribe, YouTube.com slash marking out 11. Instagram is marking out 11 as well. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash marking out. Uh, twitch.tv slash marking out marking out.com apple podcast stitcher radio spotify podcast use the code regardless for 20 percent off and free shipping at manscape.com we wish you the, the best best luck luck in your future endeavors endeavors Man. Fantastic week.